Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome, Clone Wars fans, to the 65th episode of Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast for the episode Witches of the Mist. I am your host, Matt the Crankster Cranky, and joining me to, to uh, talk about this third part of our Night Sisters trilogy is the man, the myth, the legend, the creator, Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? Oh, dude. Reeling. Reeling from the news. <laughs> I know. Earlier, this, like like at crazy? the end of last week. Just... Yeah. Crazy. You know what? Since we're reading from the news, let's get into it right away. Yeah. Let's just start talking about the news here. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. This is just the beginning. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned. This is where the fun begins. I think we've got something, sir. Good luck. You're going to need it. All right, Mike. Do you want to you want to start this off with this, with the news here? Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got uh, Qui Gon Jinn in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm standing up right now, people. I'm clapping and standing up. Okay, I'm back. Here I am. Okay. Yeah. This so, is unbelievable. Yeah. Let's talk about this just crazy. for a minute. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So uh, just like uh, last week, at some point, I I can't even remember when it was. I don't know. We posted it on the site. We were we were on the bleeding edge there. We had it right away. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, Liam Neeson is going to be reprising his role as Qui Gon Jinn from Episode One in in uh, an upcoming episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. In fact, that episode is going to be this week's episode. Yeah. If you head to StarWars.com. Uh, you can also see the clip on EW.com, which is the Entertainment Weekly website. They were the ones who exclusively broke this. Um, but this this week's episode is Overlords, uh, the, the coming one. Uh, right. And uh, and the preview has the same clip, which is of Qui-Gon Jinn talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi in and the Clone Wars. It's not even a flashback or anything. It's not even a flashback. It's happening right oh, there, man. which... Which I do have some issue with, continuity and story-wise, but at the same time, it's kind of like, whatever, Qui-Gon Jinn's going to be in it. Yeah, and here's the clip that you were talking about. Obi-Wan, have you done as I asked? Have you drained the boy? Master Qui-Gon, how are you here? I am here because you are here. 
I, I don't understand. What is this place? Unlike any other, a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. Are we in danger? This planet is both an amplifier and a magnet. Three are here who seek Skywalker. They, like me, believe him to be the chosen one. And that was just a quick clip, and I tell you what, I am so excited. And, you know, we'll probably get into the continuity thing next week when we talk about this episode. But, yeah. you know, this thing came out of uh, Entertainment Weekly. It was, it was flashing all over Twitter as soon as it hit. It, that's how I found out. But here's the thing. As much as I've been clamoring for some of the stars of the Star Wars universe, you know, the Harrison Fords, the... Uh, the Ewan McGregor's, the the Natalie Portman's, who kind of, they did the Star Wars thing and now they're done with it. They don't have anything to do with it. Here is Liam Neeson, arguably the probably the biggest star to ever star in a Star Wars movie. You know, you know Harrison Ford wasn't that huge at the time. Um, yeah. Liam Neeson is pretty darn big, and for him to come back and say he was quoted as saying, "These characters resonate even after all these years. Growing up, my heroes were cowboys. They were strong and mysterious, and it seemed like they always rode off into the sunset." For kids today, Star Wars has that same kind of magic, and I really wanted to be a part of that. And that's so cool to hear that from someone like him. He's a big star now. Yeah. And 11, shoot, not 11, it's what, 12, 13 years now after episode one, and he's coming back to it, and, and, and this is so awesome. And, and uh, I'm just kind of happy to see that. And hopefully other stars will take note of that and say, you know what, hey, I want to play in this playground too, why not? And uh, most notably, and we'll talk about this maybe at the very end, if Darth Maul were to come back in the series, can we get Peter Serafinowicz back as the voice? Who voiced him in episode one? I don't know. But Liam Neeson coming back kind of opens the door. So I'm ecstatic about it. And I know pretty much everybody else in Star Wars community is happy to see this. So totally good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's really, really interesting that uh, we get. Uh, we can talk about it now, even though we got to see it like a month ago. But right. we can finally kind of let the ba- cat out of the bag because everybody's seen the episode at this point. Darth Maul is back. Yeah. He's going to be in the season later. Uh, they, like It's been sort of said that, that we might get to see him before the season is out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we have one episode where Darth Maul comes back, and then the following week we've got an episode where Qui-Gon comes back. Yeah, um, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's totally, you know, like on purpose that they're right. kind of trying to to tie episode one into all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh yeah. But, yeah. Like I, it, it was it was either last week or the week before. I can't remember. But we we were talking about what we'd like to see in the Clone Wars, and uh, and I had said like I, I didn't really care. Like they'd already shown us Republic Commandos which we got to see in this past week's episode. Mm. And I was like, well, it'd be really cool if we got to see Qui-Gon in some, (laughs) like, you know, like in a flashback or something like that. And then later that week, it just, like, the internet explodes with with, uh, Qui-Gon returning to the Clone Wars. So, uh... I gotta come up with something new. I should just throw <laughs> something else out there. That's Are they like, listening to you? What's going on here? Yeah, like they must be listening to the podcast and just granting my wishes. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah unfortunately, good. it can't be that that easy because uh, they they uh, <laughs> they've obviously been working on this. I mean, we saw the Republic Commandos back in August, so this gives you an idea of how far out they're uh, they're producing the episodes because right. that 
that had just come off the assembly line sort of thing when we saw it back in August. Right. And, uh, and then it was in the episode this, this week. So, um, presumably at that point, they already knew that Qui-Gon was going to be in season three. Mm. Uh, they just weren't telling us. Oh yeah. They didn't feel the need to, to let us know at that time. But, um, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what I could think of that, that could be on the same scale. Like, the yeah. only other thing that I could think, and I don't particularly want it to happen, but it could happen, is uh, is Han Solo making an appearance at some point. Hmm, yeah. You know, it's and, and like I remember just thinking uh, or saying in this podcast, we were talking about, like you said, just uh, flashbacks. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's not as flashbacks. We're getting the actual characters in in a somewhat live form. Yeah. yeah so this is awesome. Yeah. And, kind uh, of. Um. Kind of them them pulling off the uh, the deleted scene that they had originally wanted to do in mm-hmm. episode three of right. Qui Gon having his conversation with Obi Wan mm-hmm. on uh, on Budapau. Right. Uh, he was originally supposed to. If you buy the the art book, you can actually see some concept art of what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they never they never included that. Like they never actually ended up making it. So yeah, man. Wow, it's good though. It's this is going to be some good stuff coming up in the next next Boy. three episodes, the Mortis trilogy. So good stuff though. And so uh, another quick couple quick things though before we hit some uh, collecting. Uh, Star Tours is returning, Mike, uh, May twentieth. Uh, and it's actually Walt Disney World, Florida. It's returning, and this was a little earlier than than I was expecting it. Um, I don't know when it's coming back for uh, the Disneyland in uh, Anaheim, which mm-hmm. is where I'll go check it out. Uh, hopefully, sometime this year. But uh, they're coinciding the the Florida launch with their with their uh, Star Wars weekends, of course. Yeah. So uh, anybody around which Florida, I called, I totally called that the second they said that they were closing it down. Yeah, I said they'll close it down and it'll open back up Star Wars weekends the following year. Right, um, I was right. And you actually wrote it for the first time back in the Celebration Five too, right? Yes, less yeah. than a year ago. So all yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and then when I was in Disneyland this past past October, I was very sad because I didn't get to write it. Again. <laughs> yeah, did it? It didn't have any sort of uh, coming in, you know, two thousand eleven, twelve, anywhere near the the area. Uh, it this? said, I think it said coming soon. Just said soon, okay. Well, hopefully since it's coming. I don't know, I have pictures May. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I have photographs from the trip. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it just said coming soon. But yeah, now that we've got that uh, that that date, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if if the other one is in soon after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would think so, yeah, yeah. But it is supposed to have different, uh, like, I think three different outcomes. That, so you know, you can potentially ride it three different times and have three yeah. different uh, three different outcomes. So that's kind of neat. Which is something that I thought we, uh, the old one had, but apparently it didn't. No, no, apparently just just the same. one. Yeah, yeah. The last thing is, uh, of course, the Blu-ray sets. I guess we got a confirmation on September 27th that they will be hitting shelves, and that is the fourth Tuesday in uh, September here in the States. And do you guys have the same release date in Canada? Uh, on Tuesdays, so I, as, yeah. Generally, stuff comes out on Tuesdays, so I'm okay. sure this will be coming out on, on the same day. Yeah. So anybody that's uh, marking their calendars, <clears throat> there you go. 27th looks like it's going to be the day for the Blu-ray. So um, we got to jump right into collecting, though, Mike, because we got a big, big recap to go over. 
Uh, real quick, the vintage and collecting news. Wave five for the vintage is uh, just been announced and uh, should be coming out in a few months. Uh, and it's got six characters. And this time, instead of focusing on a particular movie, they sort of switched things up and did a little smorgasbord of everything. So we're getting the Utapau clone from the Revenge of the Sith. We're getting Luke, the Death Star escape uh, from A New Hope. And then we get uh, R5, D4, same thing that's in Star Wars. Uh, we get the Empire Strikes Back Stormtrooper, which is different from the last one we got. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure it is. With the card. <laughs> you say so. Yeah. Uh, we get the Han uh, hand medal ceremony, which is kind of a neat one. I don't think I – I don't have that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've had that one out yet in uh, three and three-quarter inch form. I'm not sure. I'm not giant on the collecting. So, And then the last one is the Revenge of the Sith Commander Gree. So – that's what's coming up in the uh, Wave 5. And then uh, Wave 4 is starting to hit stores, which is the Attack of the Clones um, figures for the vintage. So you vintage uh, figure collectors out there, be on the lookout for Wave 4 and Wave 5 pretty soon. Uh, the last thing, Mike, is these Kubricks. Have you ever seen these uh, Kubricks before? I have indeed. In, in fact, uh, for a short time, I owned a few of them. Okay. Uh, I had... I had Empire, Luke, uh, Return of the Jedi, Luke, Yoda, and uh, Vader. Okay, okay, cool. Now these are, see, I wasn't really big on what the heck these things were, and I saw the story, and I, I thought, this would be something good, because basically what these are is, uh, the Cubics are from Medicom Toy, and uh, they announced their uh, Series 3, which is going to be uh, like a Tatooine series, and it's going to feature a floppy head of Luke, which was like a, a outtake from Star Wars with the you know the kind of the sun hat or whatever you want to call that yep. thing. Uh, R five D four the Garindan uh, Gar how do you say that Garindan Garindan whatever it was something like that. <laughs> the Sand Trooper with a Sentry Droid and the Tuscan Raider, uh, and then the Obi Wan Kenobi with the vintage deco. So uh, six figures, and if you get them all, you get this this assembled. You get to assemble a Lance Speeder, which is really neat looking, and the paint and all these is really cool. And what these are is, is Kubrick's is a line of collectible block-style figures created by a Japanese toy company called Midicom. And the figure design has a body that resembles an extremely uh, simplified human form, somewhat similar to a, a Lego figure. And that's not the closest thing I could figure that was a Lego figure. But apparently these things are produced in limited numbers and they're yep. uh, really for collectors. So I don't have any of these, but uh, they look really neat. So, they're really yeah. expensive. Too. And they're expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, they're in limited numbers, so uh, the collecting market is really hot on those. So I yeah. just wanted to mention that. Uh, anything else, though, uh, hit your eye in collecting? Or? Yeah, uh, there's actually a video over on Jedi Insider, the Star, Star Wars uh, toy site, um, of, the, uh, of the Republic attack ship, um, which is the it's a Clone Wars-specific vehicle uh like oh, yeah, yeah everybody knows one which one is the they actually they don't usually call it an attack ship they usually call it a shuttle uh, right right and uh, and at first i thought it was a, a picture of the lego set which i was like that's not new that's already been out but it's actually it's a three and three quarter uh action figure version from hasbro uh that they're showing off over at the uk toy fair so okay. that's that's pretty cool because that's a that's a vehicle that I think that a lot of people have been waiting for in that scale. Um, it 
to me doesn't look that exciting, but these vehicles never look that exciting. And they, it always, to me, is like if I wanted to get it and, and put it out and display it proudly, I'd have to, uh, I'd end up having to, to sort of yeah. color it and do a lot of customization <laughs> in order for me to care. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it, it actually, it, it looks all right. I mean, and it's not a Lego thing. No, it's uh, okay. it is the three and three quarter figure uh, gunship. So. The Republic gunship? Okay. No, it's not the gunship. Oh, sorry. oh attack okay. shuttle. Attack shuttle. Okay. Attack. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did see that. You're right. All right. I was thinking it was Lego two for some reason. I took a quick glance at it. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. When I was just browsing through stuff earlier, I saw it and I was like, whatever. It's just the Lego thing again. And then I clicked on it and was like, oh, nope. That's a new <laughs> figure. Not, all right. And now is that out yet, or are we still waiting on that? I don't uh, think it's out yet. That's just, it's not out yet. It's just okay. being shown off at the UK Toy Fair. Okay. Excellent. So that's a little bit what's, uh, what's hitting uh, shelves and, and toy stores around. So uh, I think it's time we got to get into this uh, part three. Mike, you ready for that? Yes. All right. Let's do it. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. If it's evil, become a great Jedi. Kenobi, Skywalker. I've missed you. Uh, right. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Destroy them both. You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Jedi. Incoming. Blast them. No! All right, and here we go with Witches of the Mist. As heavy rain falls on Coruscant, a lone Republic shuttle flies toward the Jedi Temple. The ship touches down on a landing platform, and out ste uh, step the clone commandos of Delta Squad. Waiting for the men are Jedi Masters Obi-Wan Kenobi, Plo Koon, Adi Galea, and Seisei Tin. The commandos are bringing back the bodies of slain Jedi from the planet Deveron. With the Saj Ventress presumed dead, Plo Koon suggests that these killings may be the work of a new Sith Lord. Obi-Wan believes that their new enemy is not a Sith, but a reckless, impulsive animal. And here we are, Mike. We're at the final chapter of the Night Sister trilogy. And we start yep. off this episode with Obi-Wan, Plo Koon, Adi Galea, Seisei Tin, and the Republic Commandos. They're finally here, folks. The Commandos are here for about 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for just about enough to see them. And just to get teased. Count but that's them fine. And, and that's then fine. Fun. There's so yeah. much good stuff going on. You, you kind of like... That's okay. I'm sure they'll be back. But uh, and, the, and the whole thing with Bata's first uh, portion here is who is re responsible for the deaths of the two uh, the Jedis? Um, I believe it was Halsey and uh, Knox. So they're trying to figure out what's going on with that. So Yeah. Um, go ahead, Mike. Uh, inside his palace on Sereno, uh, Count Dooku begins training his new apprentice, Savage Opress, to use the dark side of the Force. They engage in a practice lightsaber duel, and while Savage has great strength, he lacks skill and finesse. The Count easily defeats his apprentice, and he challenges him to put his hatred to better use. Now, here we go, Mike. I love this scene here. The first look at the beginnings of Sith training. Here we go, yep. starting off right here. And Savage uses, you know, brute. He's a brute. And uh, his lightsaber technique, of course, is not as good. <laughs> And he, this is probably the first, obviously, the first time he's held a lightsaber. Um, yeah. And, you know, Dooku, he's, he's more of a finesse guy. And here's, here's Savage using, dis, he's just using his overhand, you know, 
like I said, brute force, and it's really not working. You know, with lightsaber fighting, um, I know there's certain forms of, like, Anakin uses a, a form like that where he uses a lot of overhead strikes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for Savage and the first-time uh, lightsaber wielder, it's not really working. So I, I just, this is the first part we get of, of Sith training. This is, it's only going to get better. So uh, at the Jedi Temple... Yoda and Mace Windu summon Obi-Wan to the council chamber and show him a security hologram recording of Savage's massacre on Devron. Obi-Wan is shocked to see that the murderer in the hologram closely resembles Darth Maul, the Sith warrior he killed on Naboo. Yoda assures him that it is not Maul, but a member of the same species, and he instructs Obi-Wan to go to Dathomir to investigate the origins of the mysterious attacker. So we get an explanation of the origins of Darth Maul. Here it is. Uh, yeah. And that Dathomir was where he was raised, and yep. Iridonia is where the rest of them dwell. So are you, are you cool with that, that they actually figured, tell everybody this is what's going on? Was that good? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I, I don't mind it so much myself, but I haven't really read anything about Darth Maul. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was a comic book and there was a novel, wasn't there, about Darth Maul? So uh, like, right, if, right, if, Shadowhunter, yeah, yeah. If that stuff's out there and it says otherwise, then I do kind of have a bit of a problem. But um, but if not, then then you know, like, yeah, well, okay. So you're just clarifying. If we didn't know before, now yeah. we do. Now we got an f- official. Yeah, what's yeah, <laughs> going yeah. on? And I thought that was kind of. It's almost like they put that in there because they knew everybody was going to go. Oh, they specifically put that in there because they knew <laughs> yeah. everybody was going to come after them. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Uh, so that's funny. So, yes, he is, uh, you know, Dathomir was just where he was raised, along yeah. with all these other guys that are there, too. So um, is it my turn? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, See, uh, in the courtyard outside his palace, Count Dooku uses the Force to lift several massive stones into the air, then instructs his pupil to do the same. Savage focuses as hard as he can, but he can barely get the stones off the ground. He protests that the task is impossible, but Dooku claims it is only impossible because, because he believes it to be. As punishment for his failure, the Count shocks his apprentice with Force Lightning, and in his rage, Savage is able to lift the stones. He asks Dooku how to defend against such attacks, but his master refuses to reveal all of his knowledge at once. What you ask is impossible. Impossible. The task is only impossible because you have deemed it so. You must connect with your... Focus on your power building. Do not think of anyone or anything else. That's it. Your anger is your strength. I hate you. Good. master does not reveal all his secrets at once in due time my apprentice oh, oh, oh did i love this mike here we are back to sith training and i love this scene because it how it directly mirrors 
Luke and Yoda on Dagobah, and I'm sure everybody saw that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, here's here's Savage asking, you know, you asked the impossible, and uh, and then Doku has Doku has his line, you know, it's only impossible because you you're you're thinking it's not. But I love the way that he turns around. You know, Yoda was all about the positive, right? And, and Doku uses Doku uses the other hand here. He goes, you know what? It's only impossible because you deem it so. And then he <laughs> he throws lightning on him. Here you go. You're going to have to use some hate. You know, you're going to hate me, but it's going to make you powerful. So this is really cool because you get shades of the OT in here. But as far as Sith training goes, here's where you get to see how they use hate and anger to fuel yourself in, in the dark side of the force. So excellent totally. scene right there. Excellent scene. Totally. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan take a Republic transport to Dathomir and land near the village of the male Zavrak warriors. As the Jedi approach the village on foot, Brother Viscus and his men ambush them. After a brief scuffle, Anakin takes Brother Viscus hostage and demands that the rest of the men stand down. Obi-Wan asks about the mysterious warrior who believes he believes came from their village. Brother Viscus explains that the Night Sisters recently took one of the men and he suggests that they ask Mother Talzin for more information. Anakin releases Brother Viscus and the Jedi return to their ship. Back on Cerno, Count Dooku gives Savage a new assignment to go to Toydaria and bring back King Katunko. Dooku wants the king captured alive, but he orders his apprentice to kill anyone else who gets in his way. Savage acknowledges his orders and departs. Now, Dooku wants, uh, he wants King Katunko, and he wants him brought back alive. Now, there's two things here. One is, I believe, this is obviously a test. For Savage, you know, his first yep. little test. How are you gonna how are you gonna handle this? And number two, this is a way for for Dooku to get rid of Katunko for siding with the Republic. And I believe it was in the very first episode, Mike, Ambush. Was that the one? Uh yeah, I think it was. Ambush where yep. Katunko sides, uh, he, he's basically on the fence. Who's he gonna side with for the for the planet? And it was either Yoda or it's gonna be Ventress. And at the very end, obviously Yoda comes to his aid. And he sides with the Republic. So a couple things going on here that I think is going on. One, of it's, one it's a test, and one, hey, i got to get back at Katunko. What better way than to use my new little toy here? And let's see how it works out. So, yeah. Cool little scene there. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan fly to another part of Dathomir and land near the village of the Night Sisters. Upon their arrival, they are surrounded by and captured by Night Sisters, who take them inside to meet with Mother Talzin. The witch plays innocent and claims not to know anything about the warrior they are looking for. But Anakin and Obi-Wan stress how important it is that they find this monster and stop him from killing any more Jedi. And she reluctantly agrees to help them. She looks into her crystal ball and sees Savage, and she tells the Jedi that he is on Toydaria. After the Jedi leave, Mother Talzin tells Asajj Ventress that she must put her plot against Dooku into action immediately. Ventress fears that Savage is not yet powerful enough to take on the Sith Lord, but Mother Talzin assures her that the two of them together will be strong enough to succeed. Uh, here's a question, Mike. Do you think that um, Mother Talzin is a little quick to tell the Jedi what's going on? I mean, we're going to get into more of this with her. It's like, yeah, at the, especially at the very end. Maybe I'll save that for later to try to figure out what's going on with her. Um, but it was a good scene here with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Did you hear what he said? He said, I tend to be popular with the ladies. <laughs> and Obi-Wan yes. says, uh, 
too popular. Now, I wonder if you think that Obi-Wan knows what's going on with him, with that comment. You know what I mean? Like, you're too popular. Like, yeah, I, back in my mind, I know that you and Padme got something going on here. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was something that they threw in there to kind of like, hey, you know, it's up it's up for interpretation, you know? Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you again a little bit about Mother Talzin. So uh, we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, we'll get, we can get into that a little bit later on in this episode because we're going to see some more. Yeah. Okay. Pulling of the strings by her. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, go ahead. I think it's uh, where are we at here. Uh, uh, Savage arrives on Toydaria and touches down on a landing platform in front of King Katuko's palace. Armed with a double-bladed red lightsaber, he emerges from his ship and easily cuts down all the guards waiting for him. He then begins using his lightsaber to cut through the doors to the palace. Uh, inside the throne room, King Katunko orders his security forces to stop the intruder at the door. Before they can act, Savage bursts into the room and kills all of the guards as he makes his way to the king. Katunko shows no fear. He draws his sword and prepares to face his attacker. Meanwhile, Anakin and Obi-Wan land their shuttle on the platform in front of the palace. Back inside, Savage cuts the king's blade in half with his lightsaber, then slams the king into a wall and knocks him unconscious. Before Savage can leave with his captive, Kenobi and Skywalker enter the room and engage him in a lightsaber duel. During the fighting, King Katunko wakes up and manages to free himself from the attacker's grasp. He tries to flee, but Savage reaches out with the Force and snaps his neck. His limp body falls to the floor. After trapping the Jedi under a fallen platform, Savage grabs the king's body and runs out of the palace. As he tosses the body onto his ship, he notices the Jedi's ship docked nearby. Focusing his energy, Savage uses the Force to topple the Republic shuttle off the edge of the landing platform. He then boards his own ship and takes off. And how cool is it to see the red double-bladed lightsaber out once again? Um, fantastic fight, I'm telling you right now. And this is just the first one of, we got a couple more coming here. Yeah. Some, some crazy fighting going on here. Um, Savage is, now is, here's another thing. Is Savage a little too good for the amount of training he's only received? I mean, how much training has he really received? We've only seen a couple instances. I don't know if there's more yeah. going on behind the scenes, but... Does he seem, like, really powerful to you already? I mean, yeah, he runs he in there and just pretty over. much wipes out everything. Of course, you know, going against the Toydarians, obviously that's not a match. But, yeah. you know, here's Obi-Wan and Anakin come in, and he pretty much just throws them around. Oh, actually, he throws them around later. But here he's pretty, you know, he's, he's pretty darn good already. Does that, does that bother you at all that he's, he's that good that fast? No, because I think we've got the line from Yoda in Empire where he says, where Luke asks him, is the dark side more powerful and he says that it's quicker and more seductive right so if, okay that makes sense like if you take that you you could sort of uh think that like maybe it's it's a little easier to learn the dark side mm -hmm. than it is to learn the light side because i think i think it's it's a lot easier to learn to tap into your hate and your anger than it is to learn to quiet everything around you mm -hmm. and uh and and develop that ability to reach out with the force right yeah right um that's like true. that's a lot yeah. more zen buddhist where this is a lot more kung fu and magic 
Yeah. So and and he's got he, he does have a distinct advantage having been sort of modified by the Night Sisters. So, well, and you're right too because I think Yoda does say if you if you take the quick and easy path, um, you know, forever will is that what he says? Forever will it dominate your destiny? So I guess yeah. that does you, I, you make a good point that the quick and easy path. I mean, you can get powerful quick, but obviously it. Uh, it takes its toll. And well, and he also he also says that the dark side is quick to join you in a fight. Like mm-hmm. in in battle, mm-hmm. the dark side is probably a little bit easier okay. to uh, to access. So, right. I mean, it's not like he's shooting force lightning or doing any advanced techniques. He's just battling, right? Right. right. Um, and and using a little bit of like force push, which I would think is kind of it's fairly basic. Yeah. Jedi. Well, he's got the force choke too, which he did to Katunko. That's uh, true. And and it, actually, this is probably good too because uh, he actually kills Katunko. But is that because he is not good enough yet to 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 apply a choke without without uh, killing? Like Anakin did in Episode Three to Padme, right? He chokes her, but yeah. she doesn't die. Here, here's Savage. He just chokes, and maybe he, you know, he without forced the it. subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. That's uh, that's interesting. Good point you make, though. Um, back inside the throne room, Anakin and Obi Wan free themselves from the debris and hurry out onto the landing platform. With Savage gone and their ship in a burning pile of rubber far below, the Jedi take a Tordarian transport to continue their pursuing uh, to continue pursuing their target. Savage flies away from Tordaria and lands in the hangar of a Separatist cruiser orbiting the planet. When he brings King Katunko's body to Count Dooku, his master is furious and tortures him with the Force Lightning. Savage begs for forgiveness, but Dooku ignores his pleas and continues to deliver punishment. Just then, Asajj Ventress enters the room and Dooku is shocked to see his former assassin still alive. He orders Savage to kill her, but Ventress reveals that Savage's true loyalties lie with her, and the two of them prepare to face the Count together. Ventress. That's no way to treat your apprentice. I should know. Savage, you can make amends for your mistake by destroying this witch. (laughs) I don't think that will be happening, will it, Savage? Remember where your true loyalties lie. With you. Mistress. And there it was. There was the, the little trick that Asajj had up her sleeve. Uh, of course, we all saw it coming, but uh, yeah. she taps him on the forehead, and he immediately uh, recognizes that he's there to fight Dooku with Asajj. So that was kind of neat. And we're getting one hell of a fight here. I'm telling you what. Let's continue. Anakin and Obi-Wan fly their Tordarian shuttle into the hangar of the Separatist Dreadnought. They run through the hallways of the ship, cutting down battle droids, battle droids as they reach for King Katunko's... Uh, search, I'm sorry, for King Katunko's murderer. Back inside Dooku's chamber, the Count engages in a lightsaber battle with his two former apprentices. At first, he is able to fend them both off, but Savage eventually beats him back with his brute strength. Ventress orders Savage to deal the killing blow, but before he can strike, Dooku knocks him back with a blast of Force Lightning. Ventress rushes in to engage Dooku, and she is able to hold her own against him, 
but every time Savage tries to join the fight, Dooku attacks him with lightning. After continuously enduring Dooku's torture and Ventress's insults, Savage grabs both of them in a force choke and throws them against the wall. He ignites his lightsaber and charges in, showing loyalty to no one but himself. Both Dooku and Ventress are beaten back by Savage's superior strength, so they combine their powers and throw him clear across the room. Dooku then escapes through a trap door in the floor and Ventress pursues him, but the hatch closes before Savage can follow them. As he prepares to cut his way through, Anakin and Obi-Wan enter the room and ready themselves to fight him together. In a fit of rage, Savage charges at the Jedi and knocks them out of the room, back out into the hallway. So I, one thing I got to say about this that's really cool, I think, is uh, this is clearly Dooku's flagship, and uh, it's the same one from uh, uh, Dooku Captured, mm-hmm. that, and, and that, that exact trick that he uses in Dooku Captured, which he was sitting on top of that pedestal, right, which yeah. opens up, and he falls, and he, you know, he slides down. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it's cool to see something like that come back, to see them use it again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good point. And I'll tell you what, like I said, one hell of a fight, I must say. And Asajj, here we go. Asajj with two red lightsabers. We got Savage with a red double-bladed lightsaber. And, of course, Dooku doing what he's doing. I mean, you got... I'm, I'm going to say that... Uh, you know, I love the Dooku fight in the first part, uh, part one, the Night Sisters. But I think this one takes a case for... For all of the lightsaber battles that have happened in the Clone Wars so far, this is probably going to be my favorite now. I mean, some some really crazy stuff going on, and um, you got the, all these lightsabers going on with, in the in this dark ship. I mean, the, just the contrast and everything was was really cool to watch. Awesome how Dooku uses forced lightning on Savage and decides to engage. Um, I mean, Savage, right? And and decides to engage Assage in combat. So he's doing both things here. Yeah. Because obviously, I don't think he knows that he can, you know, battle uh, basically what two lightsabers plus a double bladed on his own. Yeah. So what what better way to do it than? And here's another thing, why? Uh, he, earlier we heard that clip where he said, you know, we gotta save some things for later. Is basically what he's saying. You know, some secrets I'm gonna keep to myself. And is this one of them where you know what? I'm not gonna teach you everything. I'm not gonna teach you force lightning right now. Uh, you know, you're the apprentice. That'll come maybe way down the line. So I thought that was cool because he's using Force Lightning on Savage, and he can't do anything. Anytime you get hit with Force Lightning, uh, you know, you're going down for a little while. And I thought yeah. the big, obviously the big moment here, Mike, was where Savage decides that both Dooku and Asajj are playing him, basically, and he Force chokes both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all this stuff going on, what a fantastic scene. But that was, the, that was the key moment there. Finally, Savage realizes, hey, you know what? They're both using me. Um, and this is where we get back to earlier in the, in the second episode where we, we tend to think that he's sort of a sympathetic character, you know? You yeah. kind of feel for him in the beginning. And uh, here he is right here. He's coming out and saying, neither one of you are worthy. I'm taking you both out. But he's still not, I'm not saying he's a good guy or anything, you know? He's still, he's still basically a bad guy for now. So we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, but a fantastic scene though. Great fight scene. Uh, we'll continue. Count Dooku drops down into the hallway on a lower deck, and Ventress follows right behind him. He claims that he is no match, that she is no match for him without Savage to help her, but she challenges him nonetheless. They ignite their lightsabers and begin the battle. 
Savage fights Kenobi and uh, Skywalker through the hallways up above while Dooku duels Ventress down below. Eventually, the Count corners his former apprentice and disarms her. As he aims to finish her off, she uses the Force to direct his attack onto a nearby pipe. The resulting burst of steam temporarily distracts Dooku, allowing Ventress to dive into an escape pod and make her getaway. Uh, a large group of battle droids assembles in the hangar of the Separatist cruiser. Count Dooku informs the droids that Savage oppresses a traitor and gives them orders to kill him on sight. Just then, a door opens and Savage enters the hangar, still locked in battle with the Jedi. When the droids open fire, Anakin and Obi-Wan prepare to defend themselves, but they soon realize that the droids are not shooting at them. They sneak away while the droids target Savage, surrounded on all sides. Uh, so, sorry, surrounded on all sides, Savage deflects much of the droid's blaster fire, but not all of it. He takes several hits until finally he unleashes his rage in a powerful force shockwave that knocks down the droids in all directions, allowing him to make it back to his ship and flee. Rather than stay and fight the remaining droids, Anakin and Obi-Wan return to their ship and leave as well. You see sort of like a Force Unleashed attack here by Savage Oppression. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. It's funny you brought that up. That's yeah, it was exactly the first thing that I thought when I saw yeah. it. I was like, oh, they're taking a note from from TFU. Yeah, with, yeah. With show now. Like, it's, you're kind of bridging maybe a little bit of the ridiculous Force abilities yeah showcased in in that and and sort of like it's toned down for sure i mean particularly the force unleashed too where if you charge up that force shock wave mm-hmm. the uh stormtroopers disintegrate <laughs> yeah right yeah uh but it's still very cool that's funny that's exactly and i was going to ask you this at this point but i asked it to you earlier that i'm i was asking you know is savage is he too powerful already i mean are they pushing up too much because like you said he's using star killer like a force repulse or something here where yeah uh, he kind of balls it all up and then boom explodes out and he even blew over anakin and obi-wan yeah and uh so and, and he's able to make his escape so um you know a lot of people are asking you know why don't the jedi use this kind of stuff uh, why aren't they using lightning? Or why, uh, even though it's, a, I think it's a dark side um, power, but still, the the force, uh, the repulse, or anything like that. Why aren't they using that? Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't. I can't really answer that. Uh, but uh, it seems like the, the dark side does have a lot of power that's uh, that can do some damage, you know. But uh, the Jedi just don't use that very much. I'm gonna call it a dark side power, just mm-hmm. like uh, force lightning. Yeah, just like force lightning, and that's why. Um, we see the apprentice use it mm-hmm. because he's star killer initially is is dark side and, mm-hmm. and i mean even like in that game when you're a good guy uh you're still using force lightning, force lightning right yeah mm-hmm. well yoda has the uh like the energy i don't know what do you energy ball or whatever that kind of blocks uh, but yeah. he's but he's still throwing <clears throat> something out there you know like yeah, he did in yeah. episode two, he, something's going out there. It's just not lightning. It's it's something else. So, uh, just thought that was interesting how powerful Savage is already. So, uh, here we'll, we'll start. I'll start with the last thing here. Uh, injured and exhausted, Savage returns to Mother Talzin on Dathomir, betrayed by Ventress and hunted by the Jedi. Savage fears for his life. Mother Talzin claims that he has a brother living in exile in the Outer Rim, who can help him become stronger. She gives him a magic talisman that will guide him in the right direction. 
Mother Towson's crystal ball shows a black and red faced, uh, a black and red face that closely resembles the Sith Lord, Darth Maul. Understand? Who will teach me? You have a brother. A brother? But all of my kin were killed. Not all of them. He lives in the outer rim, in exile. You will find him. He will teach you everything you need to learn to become even more powerful. My brother, how? How will I find him? This talisman has been imbued with the power of our clan. It will be your compass. You have an important destiny to fulfill, Savage Opress. You and your brother. Uh, oh my gosh. Hold on. I'm clapping right now. I'm clapping <laughs> here, Mike. Are you kidding me? Darth Maul is back? What is going on here? Is he really back? She said I, he's alive. I gotta say he is. Like, it, it, I don't know, unless they're gonna trick us again. But oh my gosh! Yeah, I'll tell you what. Nothing has stirred up more conversation, I think, in the last couple weeks. I mean, now that it's actually official. Well, actually, the last few days now. I mean, we already knew this, but um, holy mackerel! You talk about people asking. Here it is, Mike. There's some guys that I know that are saying if they do this wrong, they are done with the Clone Wars. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of pressure here. You know, what a are they going to do? On it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, let's first talk about uh, Talzin. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. What is going on with her? Here she is. You know, she's trying to help Asajj get some revenge. Uh, she brings in Savage. Okay. Savage doesn't work out for... for Savage doesn't work out for Ventress. I'm going to change yep. her name up a little bit. <laughs> and so he comes back, and now Tal, uh, Talzin's like... She has not, nothing to do with... Uh, with Ventress, and now she's helping out Savage now. So what is going on with her? She's, like, all over the board. Is this something that uh, she purposely did, or is she just going, is she just riding the wave, on, like, whoever is coming around, she's going to help them? Uh, I think I think tells a, a lot like Sidious. I think that she's got plans that we don't even know about yet. She's working some angles then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, this. Yeah, I was a little confused by that because she, her loyalties are just jumping all over the place. It's like whoever comes to visit her, she's gonna help. Um, but uh, there's definitely more to it than that, and obviously we're gonna see her again and and talk about some huge huge news. Okay, here it is. You know, a lot of people are asking, well, how the heck can he be alive? Well, here's the thing. You know, when you're cut with a lightsaber, we've seen a lot of limbs chopped off in the Star Wars movies, yep. in the Star Wars universe, let's say, and uh, it cauterizes whatever it cuts off. You know, the, the heat of the blade and, and there's no bleeding. Could that be the case with Darth Maul? Because he was cut in half, uh, and as he's fallen down the, the, uh, the shaft there, you can kind of see his arms moving. It seems like he's still alive as he's falling. Um, can he be alive being cut in half? I mean, if you're just cut around the the, uh, the lower half of your body, obviously you can survive that. I mean, all your internal organs are still there. But a lot of people are telling me, well, he's, he was cut down like right in the middle, like sort of the, the ab 
you know, the abs area, the abdominal yeah. area, can you survive that? I don't know. Uh, I guess you can. At least that's what they're making us think. You know, is he going to come back as Mechamol? I don't know. The possibilities are just like endless. You know, one thing that I will no say though, Mike, when you saw his face in the crystal ball, there was no. At least I couldn't tell. Like you know, the the Mechamol that we've seen, the sideshow figure, he has the real long horns in his head. I didn't see any long horns in the picture of Darth Maul. Um, so, I don't know what's going on yet. We don't know. Is it, it, could he come back as a force ghost, Mike? Um, or something like Qui-Gon's doing? Could we see him in that figure? That uh, you know what? I think, I think that would be a real stretch. Uh -huh. That if, uh, if, if Maul was a ghost, like a force ghost. Because first of all, it would be setting a really, really dangerous precedent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I uh, that there are that you can attain oneness with the force through the dark side as well, which then takes Qui Gon's thing and uh, and Yoda and Obi Wan and sort of just really negates it, kind of makes it silly and pointless, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to see that. Um, I'd much rather see him alive than anything, mm -hmm. but how? he could be alive and and Sidious not know and all that stuff. I, I really don't know how they'll handle it, but um, yeah, that's I'm curious to see. I'm yeah, why, why see. wouldn't he come back to Sidious, uh, it, you know, if he's truly is a Sith or, you know, gets cut in half, you know, he's done with it. Uh, he's going to exact his revenge some other way. Yeah, this is like, you talk about uh, boggling the mind. Wow. Yeah. This is probably, the, I thought, I thought, you know, you talk about two of the biggest things in Star Wars in a long time. Darth Maul possibly coming back and Qui-Gon hitting the Clone Wars with Liam Neeson. I mean, yeah. we, this past week or so has been unbelievable for Star Wars fans. So where this thing is going, I don't know, but I am sure going to have a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it now. I, I'm personally, I, I love to see Darth Maul back. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be too caught up on... If he comes back in a certain, I don't know. We just let's let it. Let's everybody just calm down and and we'll see what <laughs> happens. You know, let's see what they do. Um, I have a lot of faith in what Filoni's doing. He's not going to take this lightly. I and, and we'll talk about something that he he wrote on his Facebook page in a few minutes, and it's regarding uh, Qui Gon. But I think it also applies to Darth Maul and any, anybody else they bring back or any EU stuff. So we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but. Uh, Mike, this was number three. We wrapped up the Night Sister trilogy here. Um, I was really happy with it. We started off 2011 with a huge bang, total different vibe and, and feel than the first half of season, obviously. Yep. Um, some great stuff going on. Dooku, like you said uh, last week, Mike, he's really becoming something of a great character. He always was, but what the Clone Wars is doing with him is outstanding. I mean, the fight scenes and, and some of this Sith training we get to see, really happy with that. Uh, getting to see Mother Talzin <clears throat> come into this yeah. Clone Wars. The Ian McKay uh, drew her a long time ago for episode one. She's making her appearance. Ventress is, is back with Avengers. Really good stuff. Um, and then we saw the trailer uh, at the Clone Wars screening. So, so we got some great stuff, Mike. I was really excited for what's going on in Clone Wars, more so than I have been in a long time. I'll tell you what. So what do you think of this whole arc, though, the Night Sisters arc? Uh, are you happy with where the Clone Wars is now? 
Oh yeah, fan- yeah, it's fantastic. And I mean, I I I said uh, quite a few times towards the end of that that whole slew of boring episodes, the first half <laughs> of season one. Yeah, that it's not that they were bad, and it's not that they were necessarily that boring. It's just that there yeah, was too yeah. many of them all in a row, and right. it was like we started the season with some of the best. And then went right back to the crap from season one, like, like sort of the bottom of the barrel. Now I like I, I'll watch it because it's Star Wars, mm-hmm. but um, if that's what the whole show were, I don't think that any of us would be interested, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But th- with a story like this, we get the mature story side of it. Like it, it can be a deep, interesting story with twists and turns. But mm-hmm. then also have the action, and and I think that that's kind of what they fail to do in those uh, political episodes. Is that the political stuff? Just because it's political doesn't mean it's mature, right? Uh, if yeah. that makes sense, like just because it's cerebral doesn't make it intelligent. Like it, it, you can you can make it complicated and and all that sort of thing all you want. But if there's no heart, if there's no no gravitas, no no actual feeling mm-hmm. or emotional content behind what's going on and the and the you know the machinations of characters and that sort of thing, then it's pointless. Right. It's just kind of you're just spinning wheels and just adding in filler. Um, and I think that that's what a lot of the prequel uh, hate is for. Mm-hmm. Is for that spinning of wheels where where like they, that stuff's not in the original trilogy the the political intrigue and all that sort of thing. So right. you have a lot more time with your characters, which means that the the plot, which is actually fairly simple but but somewhat political of uh, a galactic rebellion fighting against an evil empire, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it it means a lot more to you than yeah. than it does than the Jedi versus what could be the Sith but might not be the Sith. <laughs> and it's the Confederacy, but that's not the same thing as the Trade Federation and uh, the Techno Union and the uh, the the Commerce Guild, and those are in there. And it's like you, when you start breaking it down, it's just there's way too much going on in the prequels that doesn't really affect anything, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And mm-hmm. and. This story is a really great example of a story that can take place as a backdrop, like with the Clone Wars as a backdrop, that that doesn't need to rely on political intrigue and why the war is happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, like yeah. the, the movies and a lot of those episodes that I'm talking about relied so heavily on like trying to explain away why there would be a huge epic conflict in space. And it's like, well, we didn't really need an explanation for A New Hope. It's just the way it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, it was this big battle. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you don't need to know, like, the, the details of it. it. It's just, it's somewhat interesting, but they're interesting as liner notes and as throwaway lines, you know? Like, we didn't need to see a whole episode on war profiteering. It, right. it's it's something that happens but you know like we could kind of have a line about it where Padme says something but I don't know I think that some of that might have also just been an opportunity to use some of their characters some, some of the stuff 
like Padme and uh, and some of the senators that they kind of had kicking around. So they thought like, well, this is a way for us to use it, um, but not necessarily the best way, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, here's Katie Lucas. You know, I don't know how much help she did have from from maybe Dave Filoni or George Lucas or a Christian. I can't remember his name. He's another writer. And but I tell you what, I I think she did a fantastic job. I don't know if she's coming back to the Clone Wars. Um, I thought I read a a story recently where she talked about um, you know starting in the Clone Wars years ago, kind of getting her feet wet into writing because she did like to write. But I yeah. thought I heard something that she was, um, after this, she, she was going to start looking to do some other things. She probably wouldn't come back to the Star Wars universe. Um, so, kind of, it's I don't know, I, it's kind of a little bit of a shock. I thought she would stay around a little longer, especially because of Ventress. She loves Ventress. Um, that's her, that's kind of her character. She, she obviously her influences were, like I said last episode, uh, Buffy and stuff like that. So she likes to deal in the, in the, the female power and and the and the witches and the, that kind of thing. So, if Ventress does come back, I don't know if she's going to do it. I like I said, I thought I read that she was um, pretty much done with writing Clone Wars now. So, but uh, hats off to her. Um, great trilogy and a great way to kick off uh, 2011 in the second half of season three. And of course, Darth Maul. He's living. In the outer rim in exile, and who knows what that means? But yeah, but we will find out. Um, so with that, I think we'll hit the uh, mailbag. You ready? Yeah, let's jump in the mailbag. Excuse okay. me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter. We're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for: Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic: The Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, GI Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metrotown. But hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy stranger things have happened for instance some people badly want to shop with us online but then they forget the website don't let this happen to you www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com the secret stash online uh everything's under control situation normal what happened uh head flight weapons malfunction but uh everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you all right, that's uh, the mailbag. Here we go. It says, hey, Frontline's host. Uh, Wikipedia has some descriptions for the next three Clone Wars episodes after the Savage Opress arc. It, say, it says they're from a Star Wars insider, so I'm pretty sure they're legit. And I think, yeah, they're legit. Uh, they deal with Anakin's destiny being the chosen one, the light side and the dark side, and a family of Force users. They seem like awesome episodes, and hopefully they will give us some insight on the prophecy thanks mm-hmm. for the awesome shows and this is from jared sly so mike um we did get some confirmation on what's going on um with next week's episode you guys heard a clip from i believe that's next week's episode with qui-gon in it if yep. i'm not mistaken so we're going to be going into the realm of the force mike and again you're talking about some touchy subjects we just got darth maul we're getting uh qui-gon which is great um and now we're getting into the Force. Yes. Yeah. And uh, wow, <laughs> you talk about a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of, like I said earlier, a lot of people are talking about this. And this is where I wanted to mention, Mike, about Dave Filoni. And he, he put on his Facebook page, 
listen, everybody, I know you have questions about the Force. I know you have questions about Qui-Gon and how he can appear in this episode. And, and Obi-Wan saying, well, how are you here? And, and kind of, you know, the continuity thing. He says, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here. He just said, basically, relax. Uh, George knows about all the continuity. Uh, I can't remember the other writer's name. is Christian something. But he knows about all the continuity. Obviously, Dave Filoni knows all about the continuity stuff going on and the implications yeah. it could have. So he's just saying, hey, don't worry. We know everything that's going on. Relax. You you know, basically, it's it's going to work out. and You're going to be happy. So um, I don't know if you know anything else about what's going on. I know we're going to some planet called Mortis. Um, and we'll talk. I guess we can talk about that when we get to our upcoming episodes well no let's just let's just do this right now so we've okay. got the next three episodes we've got descriptions you're going to hear the the second and third episode of this arc again next week and the following week when we talk about them but i'm just going to give you the episode descriptions right now so this the upcoming this next week's one overlords is uh, a mysterious force draws anakin obi-wan and ahsoka to a distant planet and its inhabitants a family of exceptionally powerful force wielders uh, in an attempt to determine whether Anakin is truly the chosen one. So we've kind of already heard the clip of what Qui-Gon has to say about that. Mm -hmm. Here's the second episode, uh, which is Altar of Mortis. Uh, as the Jedi attempt to escape Mortis, Ahsoka is taken captive as a lure to seduce Anakin Skywalker to join the dark side. As Anakin battles against dark forces, the father, which is the name of the character, uh, attempts to stop a confrontation between his children which threatens to unbalance the Force completely. And then the, uh, the third description we've got here is Anakin Skywalker must choose between the light side, or sorry, the light and dark side of the Force as he gains a disturbing insight into his own future. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka prepare for a decisive confrontation in their effort to unravel the mysteries of the planet. Can they ever escape Mortis? So, wow. This this storyline, these three episodes, and I'm sorry that that was like huge spoilers, and we're gonna see everything that happens. Clearly, he does save Ahsoka, but we could all see that coming. I called this weeks ago <laughs> when we saw that first trailer, and yeah, I remember you said that. Yeah. Oh, Ahsoka's going to the dark side. Oh, it's, it's a red like, herring, right? No, no, no. You like don't be fooled. Like it's a trick. Yeah. As Admiral Akbar likes to remind us, it's a trap. <laughs> and a lot of people fell right into it, yeah. thinking that we were like, this is not the first time. This yeah. is not the first time that Dave Filoni has put something out there just to throw us off the trail of what's actually going on. Mm. And, uh, and we saw a lot in that trailer, which I got to go back and watch now that I've read these yeah. descriptions right. and take a look. Um, and, uh, and there were a lot of really misleading things, but... I can tell you, like, 90% of that trailer is from these three episodes, just like I was saying. So uh, let it not be said that, that, that I, I don't know what, it, what I'm talking about, because uh, yeah. I do. Clearly I do. Well, I, uh, you, yeah, I you know. said it was the red herring. Yeah, we've been talking about this show for yeah. almost three years now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't know, I'm just starting to get a real sense of the way that, that Dave Filoni likes to do things, particularly with his marketing. Yeah. And uh, and how he likes to sort of mess with us. And and he gets a lot of people going. And it used to trick me too, you know. But like uh, I, JC's one who just always gets, 
gets caught hook, line, and sinker <laughs> by, by the Filoni tactic. You hear that, so JC? JC is always like, oh, my God, man, can you believe it? And I'm like, no, I can't, dude. Like, I can't believe it because it's not happening. Like, when he sent – he's the one who tipped us off about the, the Qui-Gon thing. Yeah. Uh, sent us the, the inf- that info really, really early on so we could get it up on the site really quick. And yeah. – uh, I read it, and it took me a second to go, oh, there's a link, there's something to actually go check out, and not just go, yeah, whatever, JC, you know? Because, like, he hears a rumor on the internet, and to him it's, it's you know, like it's a, a set in stone sometimes. Like, he can be, he can be a little jump to conclusion uh, You get uh, an email from him now. Yeah, I'm calling you out, JC. <laughs> um, but, uh, which, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just because he's so enthusiastic, right? Like, he just loves Star Wars so much. He wants to believe these things that could be so incredible. And it's all, you always got to say to him, like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, you know, <laughs> let's just relax a little bit. Let's yeah, look at this um, But, yeah, like, it, it's, it's just becoming really apparent that these are tactics. They're, they're, they're tricks. Yeah. They're traps and, and, and dave uh, filoni must be having fun with that too oh totally you know yeah. like he just gets so much pleasure out of messing with our heads yeah. uh but but you know like uh, not not all of us you know yeah it's not, can't jedi mind trick me <laughs> well it's funny though because you would think that it is kind of early for them to to uh to put the soka out on the dark side and and the way yeah. they released it when that trailer and it's like man you, you just didn't couldn't believe it unless they were going totally crazy and gonna turn her this early in the series and and let her be dark for a while let her the be the bad, yeah yeah for a while you know that's kind of crazy and that that would be a way out there type of thing but uh yeah you know it's pretty obvious that dave Filoni has fun with us and likes to throw these teases out there and, and to get people hooked and uh i'll tell you what it works though it, it works man because everybody's still talking about the trailer and we're talking about qui-gon and darth maul it's some great stuff and the force you know and uh jared sliced into this mail about you know what's going to happen and there you go mike you ran down all the uh uh the uh descriptions there to kind of get a feel of what's going on and here they're tackling the chosen one in the force so Ooh, some heavy stuff. Heavy stuff coming up. So uh, thanks to Jared Sly for the email. Keep the emails coming, folks. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, forum post of the week, Mike. Um, here, here it is. This one is Arrogance of the Jedi. And this is by Darth Wally. He put this on there, and he's got some examples of the arrogance of the Jedi. And I won't read all of them, but uh, his post says, It's clear that the downfall of the Jedi was helped by their own arrogance slash superiority complex. Can you can anyone think of more examples? And he has a bunch of examples here of what he's talking about. And one of them is Jocasta New in episode two. She says, if an item does not appear on our records, it simply doesn't exist. Um, and he's, he's got some other examples, uh, four Jedi Masters taking out one Sith Lord, um, and some other ones. But basically, I think what his, his uh, post is about is, are the Jedi kind of, like he says, are they too arrogant? Are they too full of themselves to kind of notice what's going on here in the prequel trilogy, the rise of the Sith? And my thing was, um, I don't know if it's more arrogance. They're just kind of like, there hasn't been anything going on with the Sith in, in how long? You know, mm-hmm. hundred, hundred, is it thousands of years? I don't know. Um, 
at this point, well, at this point, you know, episode one is where we start to get the Phantom Menace. Uh, so like I said, there, there hasn't even been a Jedi that's faced a Sith Lord until, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan did in episode one. So it's been yeah. years and years and years since the Sith been around. They've been kind of cloaked in the dark, waiting for their chance to, to arrive. So it's not maybe that they're, that they're got the complex. They're just maybe a little naive, maybe a little lax, you know. Uh, anything else you could think of about that? Uh, no, yeah, like, you got, like, it's the whole, uh, <laughs> I don't know, and, and as we see more of the Clone Wars, maybe some of this gets a little bit cleared up, but Obi-Wan has the, has the line, Sith Lords are our speciality. Yeah. And, uh, and you're kind of like, really? Because, um, I'm pretty, sure, one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you, you managed to kill one, but only by resorting to the dark side, which is really unclear, but yeah. if anybody wants to go back and look at that, the only reason... Obi-Wan is able to muster the strength is because he uses anger to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, Maul would have killed him right off the bat, but he comes running through that laser gate just pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only reason that he was able to defeat Maul in the first place, and uh, and and more to the point, because of Maul's own arrogance, So which which trumped his, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and, then, uh, and then they kind of got their butts handed to them by... Dooku. I mean, you go back, you, <laughs> yeah. you take a look at episode two, and uh, Sith Lords might be uh, Yoda's speciality, but not so much Anakin and Obi-Wan's, because yeah. that's a little bit ridiculous. But maybe we'll see more stuff, because like if you consider Ventress to be a Sith Lord, and, and all of the extra encounters with Dooku that they've had, as well as uh, if they if they deal with Let's say they deal with Darth Maul yet again, or Savage Opress yet again, mm-hmm. um, and however that's going to turn out, yeah. Then, uh, then maybe they can start to earn that that cockiness. But yeah, but yeah, I don't like it. it is kind of, um, it's actually it's fairly clear that that the the downfall of the Jedi was their arrogance. It was their, I mean, Yoda says it in Episode Two. Um, he, he kind of goes out of his way to point out mm-hmm. that a lot of the Jedi are arrogant, and that's why it's because like they they're not as uh, well attuned to the Force as they could be. Um, they're not willing to admit their own uh, shortcomings. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to let the the Senate know that that their ability to use the Force is diminished. Diminished, yeah. Uh, so a little bit of pride there, yeah. They want their yeah. pride hurt a little bit because yeah. they are. They are like the gunslingers of the galaxy, and uh, I guess I would kind of admit that they're that they don't know everything. So yeah, um, yeah, good point. Well, you know, he also I think you mentioned this before, Mike, that one of his other examples was, like I said, um, the four Jedi Masters coming to take out Sidious, and they couldn't do it. Well, like I think you said this before, uh, none of these Jedi have ever faced a Sith Lord before. Um, <laughs> you know, Obi Wan is the only one that has uh, until Yoda does in Episode Three. So. Um, but yeah, it's mostly, like you said, it's just, uh, a little bit of the dark side clouding some things and, uh, the Jedi just maybe, I guess, yeah, I guess they are a little bit, maybe a little arrogant and just a little naive as well. So, um, yeah. 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 So with that, cool. That's, uh, that's from Darth Wally, a big contributor to the forum. So, uh, oh, you know what? I was supposed to do a contest today and, uh, I was giving, I'm supposed to give away a book, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to save that since I didn't get a chance to um, 
get all the names put together. I will announce that in next week's podcast, okay. the beginning of the Mortis trilogy. Uh, uh, I'm raffling off a uh, signed uh, Clone Wars uh, encyclopedia with Dave Filoni's sketch in it and his autograph. Okay. Uh, so you can find that on the forums. I got a couple pictures of it on the forums. All you have to do is go to the forums and reply to that particular topic. Uh, you'll see it in the front lines um, section of the uh, of the forum. Yep. So one more week. Let's do one more week since I forgot to do that. Okay, that's your that's your contest. This is it's contest crazy. Oh, we're going contest on, crazy on here front, front lines. lines right now because <laughs> I got myself a uh, a Savage Opress T-shirt from the Savage Opress screening that I've just been kind of just sitting on over here. I have one myself, mm-hmm. but I managed to get an extra one when I was there. Nice. And, uh, and I've also got a poster here. Oh, even nicer. Savage Opress screening. As well as a poster from the, the Tron pre-screening that I went to. Oh, so, sweet. So uh, one lucky person is going to get all three of those things. And, uh, and, and another person will get a, uh, a, a Tron poster and, and a Savage Opress poster, because I'm pretty sure I have two. Um, two of each of those. So uh, what I want people to do is I want to I see some front lines, the Clone Wars podcast fan art. And uh, nice. that can mean a lot of things. Uh, you, can, you can use Clone War, like existing Clone Wars stuff. Uh, you can use myself and, and Matt in the, uh, in the fan art. What I would love to see is, uh, is some sort of fan art that involves uh, me as, as one of my favorite characters and, uh, and Matt as one of his. Yes, that would be sweet. And if somebody could put that together for us <laughs> and send that in, they could win a t-shirt. And and it, this is it's a terrible contest because there's not a lot of rules. Uh, and I am just going to pick whatever I like the best and uh, and and call that the winner. So uh, it's completely and entirely up to me. But it's my podcast, so I can do whatever I want. And yeah. uh, if you want to win this t-shirt, then you can. Uh, you can you can enter that way uh, by by doing some fan art, sending it in. Uh, you can email it to me. You can you can post it on the Facebook group. You can post it on the forums, uh, whatever. But we're gonna make that running because it's a little bit more of a complicated contest. Uh, let's run that straight through. Let's give it till the end of February. Yeah. Uh, so let's give it idea. until February twenty eighth to have that stuff in. Because Mondays are usually when we uh, when we'll record a podcast Monday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. so that means that uh, I can I can pick from those and then uh, and then post it or not post it but announce it on the podcast that that week. So entries got to be in by the twenty eighth, and uh, the winner will be announced the episode that airs that week. Nice uh, the episode of Frontlines that airs that week, and so that's that's two prizes. Okay, so you'll get. You'll Two get the prizes one, going on. Yeah, you get one prize, which is the the Savage Press T-shirt, the and then the two posters, and then the second prize will be the uh, the, the set of two posters. Excellent. So, uh, so yeah, we got we got contest crazy starting out in 2011. And you know folks. what? There's there's more stuff lying around here. Oh and, yeah. Uh, to give away, so yeah, we'll, we'll have even more contests later. And on. I got actually, I have a couple of. I have two shirts, and I believe, I think I even have two posters to give away. And I tell you what, these are not something that you can go out to 
T Fury or anything right now. I mean, these are exclusive yep. shirts that were given away at the Clone Wars screening. Really, so, really nice shirts. They are really nice shirts. Yeah, really nice shirts. So, some good stuff. So, and I uh, think that we still have some. Uh, we still got some Frontline shirts. Oh yeah, to, speaking right? of shirts, yeah, definitely so, go to the go to the pod go to the podcast page. Um, go up to the uh, the store. And there's the links right there. You can you can get a shirt. They're only fifteen dollars shipped to you. I feel, yeah, we got to mention that too. So don't forget about those too. Um, so yeah, contest shirts, uh, Clone Wars Encyclopedia, good stuff coming here at the Frontlines Podcast. So um, we're gonna listen to the uh, upcoming uh, episode, Mike. You ready to hear that real quick? Yeah, let's before do we it. Head it out. Okay, here is the next one, which is entitled Overlords. A new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. The origin of the Force. Welcome, my friend. The identity of the Chosen One. Everything you have done has led you here. The future of Ahsoka. You may never see your future if you remain his student. Which secret would you like revealed first? Don't miss part one of a special three-part Star Wars The Clone Wars event. Secrets will be revealed next Friday at 8, 37, 30 central. Only on Cartoon Network. And there it is, Overlords, coming next week. And like you said earlier, Mike, a mysterious force draws Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka to a distant planet and its inhabitants, a family of exceptional, exceptionally powerful force wielders, in an attempt to determine whether Anakin is truly the chosen one. Woo! we got some great stuff coming, folks. Hang on. Put your seatbelts on. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to hit light speed. So I think that's going to do it for this week, though, Mike. Yep, that is, that's it for this week. Uh, so thank everybody for listening. And uh, do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. The username is Clone Wars. That's twitter.com slash Clone Wars. Uh, you can also head over to Facebook and join our group, which is facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and you can email us. Uh, you can email myself at mike at clonewarspodcast.com. You can email matt at matt at clonewarspodcast.com. And you can head over to the forums, uh, which is the Star Wars Daily forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how you can get in contact with us. You can send your contest entries there. And uh, that's it for this week. That's it. That's yeah. everything. That's everything. So we'll see you guys all next week. Catch you next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>